Hi, I'm Charles Wyckoff, and it's an absolute privilege and pleasure to be here with a good friend in the retina space, Arshad Kanani. He's Director of Clinical Research, CRI Associates in Reno, Nevada. Arshad, you're incredibly involved. It's amazing how much you're involved in across the retina space. And we're here today to talk about an exciting new development retina. So thank you for joining us. Thanks, Charlie, for having me. It's always a pleasure uh, working with you in uh, latest and greatest clinical trials. And I'm excited to talk to you about uh, Farisimab. Awesome. So exactly. So Farisimab, we've been talking about new agents in the field, new MOAs for a long time, right? Anti-VEGF monotherapy has been a revolution for what retina specialists can do for our patients over the last 10 to 15 years. But now there's a new kid on the block that does more than just inhibit um, VEGF-A. Uh, we have farisimab, as you pointed out. So in particular, we're going to focus on the very recent wet AMD phase three data. But Arshad, give us a high-level overview of what farisimab is, and then we'll dive into wet AMD. So uh, we have been involved with farisimab during the early days, Charlie, uh, just like you. And it's a bispecific antibody, and one arm blocks uh, VEGF-A, the other arm blocks ANG2. And we have enough preclinical and clinical data that uh, blocking ANG2 leads to stabilization of vasculature, decreasing inflammation and leakage. So the idea is the fact that can we go beyond um, just anti-VEGF blockade and, and can patients benefit from it, especially if you're gonna talking about neovascular AMD, can we decrease the treatment burden for our patients so that they can maintain vision in the real world? As we know, that's always a problem where patients lose vision over time. Perfect, great summary, thank you. So now here we are, the first time ever in retina that I'm aware of where there's been two major phase three programs reading out publicly at the same time, right? Their DME data set and their wet AMD data set, both with two massive global phase three trials. So the wet AMD program is composed of Lucerne and Tanaya, these identically designed trials. Tell us about the design of these trials and what's special about this phase three program. So the design of these trials was really uh... Uh, done based on the guidance from the phase two trials. So let's talk a little bit about Avenue where we saw the Fresimab every month or every other month where patients did well compared to Renovizumab. And then the stairway study where uh, I was involved a lot in designing it where we looked at patients treated with uh, Fresimab uh, looking at Q16 week and Q12 week dosing. And this was compared to monthly ranibizumab. And really, I think the best trials are the one that are designed based on good phase two trials. And that's what, that's what was done for Tanaya and Lucerne. As you said, these large global randomized uh, phase three trials, the only difference was the comparator arm. In phase two, we use ranibizumab, but obviously uh, in phase three, a flibercept was used on label because uh, that's the most utilized uh, anti-VEGF currently and has a better drying effect uh, than ranubizumab. So the idea was, can you go head to head with, uh, with an agent that is first line? So in these trials, um, uh, patients in farisimab arm received uh, four loading doses. And the idea of four loading doses came from phase two also, where we saw that patients uh, who receive monthly treatment uh, actually continue to have improvement uh, uh, with four loading doses. So patients in frisimab arm received four loading doses. Patients in a flibercept arm received 
three loading doses per the label. After that, there were disease activity assessments um, in the frisimab group at week 20 and week 24. One thing I wanna highlight is the fact that these were pretty strict criteria, meaning you have OCT, you have vision, you also have exam, and then also investigator judgment. So when you are putting this data in to IXRS, they would ask, do you feel like there's worsening activity? So all of those combined gave us the, these disease activity um, uh, parameters. And then if patients had disease activity week 20, they went into Q8 week dosing. If they had disease activity at week 24, they went to uh, Q12 week dosing. And if they didn't have disease activity at all, they went into Q16 week dosing. And once they were in the swim lane, they stayed in the swim lane. So I think something to keep in mind that patients are not dropping uh, from or going up and down throughout the trial. They are staying in the same lane they were in initially. And, and then if Liberset was given per label after three loading doses, patient received um, uh, treatment every eight weeks. Fascinating, fascinating trial design and very well described. And then the primary endpoint is this, is this sort of, is, a, is an endpoint that we're all still, still learning about, which is the concept of averaging visual acuity over multiple time points at so weeks 40, 44, and 48. And describe to, describe to us why, why that is. Why do we have to average multiple time points? Why can't we just look at a single time point? So the reason that was done, Charlie, was the fact that you didn't want to, uh, quote unquote, game the system with, with giving a loading dose before the primary endpoint, because we have seen that in some trials where patients don't get enough treatment and then they get treatment one month before the primary endpoint and then their visual acuity improves a little bit or their CST improves. So that's why I think the idea was really scientific design to really get good data and then giving, giving all the frisimab uh, patients a chance uh, to show their visual acuity benefits and OCT benefits, as well as ILEA treated patients. So I think it was a very fair endpoint by averaging those, those time points, we we're able to get good data and good idea about comparing frisimab uh, to a flibercept. So I was very excited to see that because as you said, in other trials, it has never been done. Great, great comments. So then tell us what you saw. What, what are the visual, the anatomic, the durability? What did you see? What were the outcomes? So when you look at visual acuity, uh, this was a non-inferiority design for neovascular AMD. And the reason was people asked like, why didn't we go for superiority? Well, that's why good studies are designed on solid phase two data. And in Avenue, as well as in Stairway, we didn't see a superiority uh, for frisimab compared to ranubizumab in those trials. What we saw was durability. And I think as you and I both know, as busy treating physicians, durability is the biggest unmet need for our patients with neovascular AMD. So that's why the trials you know, were designed as non-inferiority, but of course, less frequent dosing up to Q16 weeks with frisimab. So what we saw was we saw comparable visual acuity gains, as well as comparable uh, CST reductions. And I know we're gonna talk more about it, but the idea is that about 80% of patients in frisimab group went Q12-week dosing or longer. So I think that's the key for the audience to understand that you're really having majority of the patients that are treated with frisimab after four loading doses. Now they can go every three or every four months, which, which I think is 
very helpful for our patients in decreasing their treatment burden. And, and when you look at OCT, Charlie, you and I, you know, treat patients based on OCT, and we really want to see that if the vision is comparable, how is the OCT going to look like? Because we don't want to under-treat these patients in trials and right. see a lot of fluctuations in Absolutely. OCT. And, and the good news is that, in my opinion, it appears that there is a slightly edge uh, for fresemab, especially during the loading phase, you can see uh, there's a little bit uh, greater reduction. And then the fluctuations I see in the fresemab group, and remember 80% are on Q12 or longer dosing and the fluctuations are less. So I think it's exciting when you look at the non-inferior BCVA gains and it appears to be a trend towards uh, better drying uh, with fresemab with less frequent dosing. So I think overall pretty exciting data. Fascinating. And, and, you know, obviously we, 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 the whole field got to see the DME data simultaneously, which really kind of resonates and echoes what you just described with, with a good durability signal and possibly an edge with anatomic dryness. Was that your interpretation of the DME data as well? Well, absolutely. And you did a great job presenting it. It's uh, it was a phenomenal presentation at angiogenesis. And I totally agree with you. You know, we as physicians, uh, who are involved with trials, the data has to speak for itself. So not only uh, uh, comparator data in each Tenaya, Lucerne, Yosemite, Rhine, but also data from both trials. I mean, there's clear indication that this is a more durable agent uh, compared to a Flibercep. And it appears, as you said, a trend towards better drying. And, and you know, you don't have to be a game changer in terms of, uh, of drying or in terms of durability, you have to do better than what we have. It's a step-by-step -step approach uh, to help patients. You know, we're not gonna overnight change completely how we treat patients. So I think people are still gonna uh, give intravitreal injections. And once it's approved, I think there's a potential for Fresimab to be the first line agent based on what we have seen in, in the trials. Really practical comments, super helpful. So we're all super, keenly aware of safety nowadays, right? We've all dealt with safety issues in early phase trials and unfortunately later phase trials and real world, you know, treatments as well from multiple agents, right? It's sort of the tip of the iceberg is of course brolaxizumab, but there's others, right? Abicapar and then many of the agents under study, we were thinking a lot about inflammation. And, and I think that, you know, fortunately the whole team, the whole global team here around Prismab has tried to be very transparent with all of the safety data, what's your interpretation of the safety data so far from Tanaya and Lucerne in particular? I think safety is crucial, as you said. We are not gonna use an agent if it's better, but has worse uh, safety than what we have currently. The good news is based on my uh, you know, evaluation of the data that you and Jeff presented at, uh, at angiogenesis, based on my experience in the phase two trial, it appears that the safety is very comparable. So if you look at uh, you know, events of IOI um, in, in the phase three Tanaya and Lucerne, in Tanaya, in the Fresimab group, you know, there were 333 patients and uh, uh, that was the total number of patients and only five had an event, so 1.5%. And in the Flibercep group, there were 336 patients and two had events of IOI, which was 0.6%. But in Lucerne, uh, Fresimab had 331 patients and eight had uh, IOI events, which was 2.4%. And then for a Flibercep, 326 total patients with six, so 1.8. So on average, uh, you know, IOI rates were 
about 2% or so in frisimab group and 1.2% in the aflibercept group. The other thing you and I look at, Charlie, is, is there any vasculitis? Is there any retinal artery occlusion? Those are the things we look at because those are irreversible events sometimes that lead to permanent vision loss. But the good news is that that was not the case. We only had one retinal artery embolism in Lucerne in the frisimab group, and that was actually a hole in horse plaque. So there was zero cases of retinal vasculitis or retinal artery occlusion. So based on that evaluation and also looking at the DME data you presented, it appears that the safety is very comparable, which is good news for our patients. Great, I, I, it's a great summary of a, of a complex data set, absolutely agree. And my last question for you, you know, what's next? I, I really applaud the whole global team again with Farisimab for setting up long-term extension studies to begin with. I love that because, you know, a two-year, even a three-year phase three program, um, like some of the past DME programs, is, 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 a, is the beginnings of understanding what, what these patients are going through. But really, longer-term data is crucial as we understand these, these medications and the way patients respond to them long-term and the durability signals. So very happy to see that there's a two-year long-term extension study already in the works. You know, what, what, what's next for Farisimab in wet AMD? I think uh, you put it really well. You said that we need to have long-term data because not only we need that uh, in general, but also for a new mechanism of action. The question is, can we have better um, efficacy in term or better durability as we go longer? Because, you know, Blocking ANG2 leads to tie to activation. Can that have long-term effect on fibrosis? Because there are some preclinical studies uh, showing that. So I think you and I both treat these patients on a daily basis. We see after two years, three years of treatment, you know, patients can have uh, fibrosis and other things that can lead to vision loss. So I think it's really exciting that the program is going to go into the long-term extension phase, the Avenel X study, but also in the second year, Charlie, you have uh, PTI, personalized treatment interval, uh, that is gonna be implemented. So we'll have that data next year. But I think overall, looking at the data, I think what's next for Farisimab is hopefully we can have uh, this as a treatment option for our patients with the neovascular AMD as well as DME, you and I are getting busier and busier, and especially in the COVID times, we need to make sure that not only patients get adequate treatment, but they don't come to our office uh, or clinic as uh, uh, much. So hopefully this will decrease the treatment burden uh, for our patients. So I can't wait for it to be commercialized and hopefully available to use in clinic. Great comments, Arshad. I always learn a lot. I appreciate the discussion. Look forward to more. Thanks, Charlie, for having me and uh, looking forward to uh, working together and, and, and really having Farisimab as an option for our patients. Thank you.